Good morning and welcome. You know, this is Tavo DRC. I just feel like the Lord is beckoning us. Everyone who's got a ministry call, it's time to hear His voice with clarity and peace. You know, I believe that there's some really good verses, two verses I have always claimed that I will help discern the very subjective realm of listening and trying to perceive and discern the Spirit of the Lord, getting the Bible out, as well as trying to inquire of the Lord, what do you really want me to do today with my life, and so forth. And so we're going to say, James 3.17, even though I use it for relationship fruit, lately, I started off for maybe 25 years in the ministry, pastoring as servant leadership, as just trying to hear God myself and train people how not to be how not to miss it as much. You know, nobody's going to get it 100%. It isn't rocket science, but you and the Lord can work out slowly that you gradually get it better and better so that you can pretty much detect when it's God nudging you or when it's your mama nagging you or putting fear on you or your daddy, whatever. So the idea is that James 3.17 is a handy verse because it tells us, it describes the fruit of what God's real message, His Word is, His Holy Spirit impressions will resemble. And they would resemble, it says that the wisdom that represents, that comes from above, the wisdom that comes from above, James 3.17, is first of all pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So it's not pushy, it's not demanding, it's not dogmatic, it doesn't have fear on it, it's not got impure motives, secret agendas, even if it's from a minister or your own, you know, self. The issue is that all of this is unfeigned faith, it's not hypocrisy, it's got all the fruits of the Spirit, it says, full of mercy and good fruit, that talks about Paul's, Apostle Paul, Galatians 5, 23 the, the free gifts of the Holy Spirit once you invite Jesus into your heart that you can cultivate as time goes on with God's help. Love, joy, peace, patience, meekness. And love, joy, peace, patience, meekness, goodness, and self-control, which is self-government, which is big in this ministry about self-governing authority. Not that you're in a, you know, God didn't want you a lone warrior. He wants you to have other people's input to be accountable to, which I always have. And I happen to have a great dad who is a pastor, but he also is a personal role model at home when I didn't even think about ministry or because he was patient. He represented like James 3.17 in hindsight. And he and my mother were not back under the law. They were more into just obeying the Holy Spirit, walking it out in Ephesians 4, but Ephesians 5 21 mutual submission in the fear of the Lord in their marriage as well as everybody else. And I believe as a person, if you are married and uh, it's a godly household, that if the man and woman that are married, the Christians, walk it out in Ephesians 5.21, instead of just only focusing on the law about duty in 522, which says wives submit to the husband, I believe that the woman will want to, it'll be automatic because she wants to walk it out and because she's being respected, treated with as an equal, his peer, not as 
being lectured dogmatically or put under the law, which is like a word curse, or that you're not as good as, or you're being controlled. So that's my little thing, my P.S. in there. So anyway, trying to discern from the Lord, because we're trying to all hear where we're going, where he's wanting us to go and not do and do, say and not say, go and not go. And this is for leadership. So Ephesians, excuse me, James 3.17, that any wisdom that represents from above, whether it's counsel, your father's advice, voices in the night, messages, voicemails, my voice, your voice, a dream, a nightmare, whatever. It says that any wisdom, how to to clarify it, easable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good partiality and without hypocrisy. The other great verse that I would always keep beside it's God fear, sound mind. So if you pick that apart, and you fear makes you want from God. All right. If it is one that is making you sober and a wake up call to be mature, that's different. But it won't leave you feeling guilty, spooked out, worried, fractious, and it won't drain you, make you feel oppressed. Your mama might make you feel oppressed. Somebody's got soul ties with you, controlling natures or not, or you with somebody else. All right. And then we have full of power, love and a sound mind. So if it says, oh, I want you to commit suicide or, oh, I want you to go hurt somebody. Oh, I want you to hurt yourself. Oh, I want you to, you know, do something bad or negative or go down in a funk. Then, you know, that's not the Lord. So that's a whole teaching right there. I won't go there. But right now we're in ministry and we really want to get our leadership on to hear God every day. You know, his, the Bible teaches us that his yoke, Jesus' yoke, following Christ's yoke is easy and his burden is light. So it's not going to have this big, oh, I got to do it, which is in our culture. Oh, yeah, it's a chore. No, it's going to be a burden, which is a something not really a burden, but a call a devotion a desire to make the mark you know to not miss it and you're in agreement with it but it will be a challenge maybe but not a chore i taught music many years and i used to tell people the parent i said if the child complains about a piece and if it's a chore let me know i don't want anyone doing a chore but if it's a challenge Let's try it for a few weeks and see if they can handle it. Because it really, you know, some people just need to rise up. To the Lord, for you to perceive and discern that this is the year of coming forth. I really know it's coming forth. But I want to put in a message for Christian ministers that are established, that are at this time right now out there busy running around. And what it is, is why I'm so content not being in, Lord told me to say it like this, not being in the celebrity showbiz ministry but not in the organizations organization that is out there all the systems and legalisms but also all some of this training i mean there's one thing that if you notice that apostle paul had revealed download authority galatians 1 1 and 2 he got it from the holy spirit not back he's sent out not by any one group or any one person but by the lord in his apostolic foundational teaching ministry his gift however he had had big trouble before he got accepted as friends as part of the community in jerusalem with the other 12 first disciples really 11 
because Judas killed himself, they substituted him, the leaven, back to 12 with Matthias. But anyway, the first 12 uh, did not quite accept and want to befriend or get too close with Paul because of his bad rep. So Paul goes up for 14 years, 13, 14 years to Damascus, which is Syria now, full of Arabs, maybe a few wandering apostles that would come through. But Paul was really right there in mega area region that was not filled with Christians. Had In fact, neither group, Jerusalem or up there with Paul, had any prior records of any prior teaching of how to be a pastor, apostle, what is the church? It was all being revealed. And see, that's the difference right now. You have people that have started ministries from one, let's say one or two. They're more than that. A lot more, all colors. I'm going to say let's pick two or three of the famous names, and I'm not going to name them. But when you get down there, those people, if you research the ones with the biggest crowds, the biggest followers right now, and the ones that are saying they're under them, a few of them, and that's thing wrong with, you know, that really is really each one is an individual. Some you do watch out for, some you don't. But anyway, so you see that the, the people have the biggest followers out there in the grassroots. They trace their lineage back, their call, their ability to get it going to this now famous or well-known person, male or female. And before that person, maybe they were the original apostle of this move, of the Holy Spirit of Bible teaching, and maybe they were not. Maybe that group came out of another group from another era, and they come back, even though they're famous now, they come out of the original organic apostle who, alone with God one day, probably was poor, out in a cornfield in a barn, he or she, and one day the word of the Lord comes to them and they have an experience of visitation where the Lord communicates, impresses upon, speaks out, reveals, downloads what he wants and that this is a call for you to pioneer and they be sent to the nations or the nation and maybe it's a prophetic call, maybe it's an apostle call, but it's an original founder movement and that's what I do. That's what my teaching field is and what I'm doing. I've been doing. I've been growing up in as, as leadership. So the idea, it is not for any person to just say, oh yeah, I know exactly how Paul did it. I can do it and I can make it happen like Paul. I'm just going to trade on his name. I'm going to say I, you know, going to get a toga like Apostle Paul did and get a business card stamped on stone or whatever they did. <laughs> and I'm going out and say, I'm under Apostle Paul. Well, you can't because he's gone, of course. But if you look at Apostle Paul, he was so different. He was different from the... Now, see, Jesus was the original organic apostle of the whole church. Of all the other apostles, of all the people that are now Christians, it was Christ who came in as, you know, the Savior, Jesus Christ, the baby born, then raised up, died for our sins. But while he was alive on the earth, before he hit mega country, mega ministry, you know, like we all know him now, he was really a carpenter's son. Everybody suspicious and doubted him because he lived in the area and he was, his mother had become pregnant before they were officially wedded, his natural mother. And who would have believed a teenager that said, God came to me with an angel and said, I'm going to give you the Son of God, the Savior in your womb. 
invisibly the virgin birth. So all these things back then that we think are so amazing were even even more amazing but to the founders, to Mary, to Jesus, to Joseph, to the apostles that were very few and to, you know all between, all the things going on in Rome and the high priesthood Pharisees all that at Jesus time they weren't like right now where we've got it made even though we don't have it made we really have a lot more than we think because we can go to resources scholars online books seminaries bible colleges CDs and so forth DVDs plus you got established quantum amazing ministries and a few mavericks i'm one of the mavericks but anyway we're out there but the idea is that all the people that are at grassroots are busy and they're wanting to learn and they're wanted and they think they're called to ministry but many of them most of them do not have revealed organic apostolic ministry because that's not their call nobody has to do everything but I'm saying that when you meet people that are the original founders, I can hit it off. If you've got that founding, pioneering muscle that God has given you, male or female, black or white, I hit it off. But because the teaching training by far in the Western European continents or the Western media affected global ministry is still a lot of it back under the law, but a lot of it is training to make new clones. Now see the colonist, the apostle makes an original calling and then he gets people, the disciples on the team, males or females, they go out and build a work commissioned by the Lord. That's right. You can still do that now. It still needs to be done if God calls you. The other part is you can have confusion because the ones that came for the last five generations, let's say, and they happen to be all white. Well, the white ones started the TV, and we're grateful for that, can give thanks. They happen to be Western European background, the ones that are now up with the Lord. But then you can also find that after that, we came a lot more African Americans came on. Now there's TV stations after that. You know, all the different ones are out there. Yet those people who founded all the African American TV stations, all the Western European background TV stations, any Hispanic, any Asian out there, anybody's just all kinds of people, those people who started it, let's say God TV over in England, all right, well, Nobody has to do it the same way they do it. Nobody has to do the same way we do it. But the people who are called by God to start that TV, that media, that church, that home church, they have got to hear, because they're the pioneering minister that God has chosen, they've got to hear from God precisely and accurately what to do, where to hold it, when to hold it, should men teach only, should women teach only, or whatever, and everybody can make their call. All that, males and females especially, would go under for Christians to Ephesians 4, common doctrine. Common doctrine means one Lord, one, save, one, Lord, one Savior, one, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God the Father of us all, with all the Pauline commands, such as Hebrews, do not forsake the fellowship of the saints like some have, don't let women teach in the church, all these things that are do not do's that Paul writes are commands, but they are also 
ones that deal with besetting sins, let's say, and that God needs to deal with that individual about how strict he is with them because everybody's humanity, addictions, some are not addicted, some were not raised well, and their mama did things that, you know, put them out in drugs or sleeping around, things they couldn't help. So we're not going to go there today. I can't. But let's say that's a whole topic, and I love to teach on it again. I like to teach on it. So the Ephesians 4 PDF is at the top of Online Fellowship. If you want to see what some of the things that, you know, usually the finger pointing at a local level, oh, they wear dresses and we don't believe in it, or vice versa, or women should not, or, you know, black people should not which is, or white people should not, whatever it would be, is fitting under the Pauline Ephesians 4. Those things are decided by the person and the Lord, and yet God holds everyone accountable, but he has mercy, and some are clueless, and he understands, some have a big temptation, and he understands, and then some, he says, many who are often reproved and have a stiff neck, you know, he could take them out. I'm not saying he will, but the idea, any of you, but the idea is we have to understand it's deeper than meets the eye. It's more than just bless me, turn on the TV set. I'm going to be an apostle. I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be like a bishop. I'm going to have an entourage. I'm going to be like that lady, that man, because I feel I could. And that, I'm not ruling it out, but that's not the way to do it. The way to do it is go back to how when you were born were you called and if you were called what background do you have I didn't go to seminary but I come from a whole line of educated Christians who taught Bible my father graduated from the seminary even though he didn't sit around quoting and discussing but it's in the osmosis and you just sort of have this Bible Berean thing that comes out that wants to come out to make sure you're not being led into error so that's why I want anyone to feel free to question my doctrine. Do it with a pure heart. James 3.17, easily entreated. And I'll do the same right back with you. So the idea is if you have the call to be a bishop, well, you know what? First, you're called because you love God. And you're called, to, you're called to accept Jesus in your heart and then let him refine you. And then one day he'll call you. And if you have an office, you won't know it. You'll just get a taste that you want to do more, that he has bigger things for you. And he may give you visions. He told Jeremiah in chapter 1 and 1 through 3, God told the prophet Jeremiah, Do not say you're too young and do not have fear of men's faces. Don't be a people pleaser. Please me. And you can read Jeremiah 1, 1 and 2 for yourselves about that. So it's everyone is unique, tailor-made in their call, their ministry. When we teach on why I'm so happy to not be in the big performance achievement, everybody's got to be dot, you know, dotting all the I's, crossing the T's, over everybody, under everybody, hoops jumping. That is so not me. I was not raised about it, and I also was there before. You know, see, it is not usually Baptist. It is usually not white evangelical. Now, I haven't been in a lot of them lately because I'm just not called there. And, you know, even the African-Americans, they can get into that. And some are not, but a lot of them are. So there's a couple of things. 
Apostle Paul was Galatians 1, 1 and 2. That's like us. All right, so he had come with his big conflict in ministry came when Jesus had trained the first 12, then Judas hung himself, put in Matthias, and now they're 12 again. And Paul had been persecuting the church, killing men and women. And then he got saved, and there was no media Facebook or anything to check him out or research him on Google. But the disciples, who were originally hand-trained by Jesus, could could not bring themselves to deal with Paul. So he went up to, like I said before, to 13, 14 years in in uh, Damascus on and heard from God big time so much he came back when it was time when God sent him and he wrote the download which is two-thirds of the New Testament. So then he was accepted as a co-laborer with the other apostles. However, when you read Galatians that you know, during these studies of Paul, Paul was sent to the Jews, Peter Peter to the Jews, Paul to the Gentiles, that there was sort of a conflict and Paul would, excuse me, Peter would get sucked back into people pleasing and trying to perform like circumcision and things. But Paul would come along and be the opposite. So look at today and I noticed that it isn't the top people. When I I'm saying I'm not. I'm glad I'm not in the TV affected circus ministry performance and all that. Do I say it's about the top founder? No, not usually at all. It's the people who run after them that want to copy them that say they're their followers and then have this legalism or goody. We are under a street. Oh, we are. And then there's this sort of fake bowing and scraping and human pleasing, which I can't stand. But it in the top people, because I know, you know, most of them, a lot of them, white and black, have come up the very hard way in a slow way. And now they're at the top and now they get acclaimed. But everybody else thinks, oh, I can do that. I can be like that. My gift is similar. My mama said I could. And white or black, they could fall into the trap of being a copy of a great individual, but now they're copies and they're hard on everybody who's not another carbon copy like them. And that's what I meet. That's why I'm glad I'm not in that. I got out. God took me out. I can't, I can't tell you how much I'm, I've changed and grown. And yet it is the, it is the USA way to do it. If you're charismatic, usually not. So pray on that. Let's pray on that. Good people are in the mix. Not all are like that. No, not at all. When I was in there a few years back, I wouldn't like that. But I was, you know, you're sort of, I was never, I was raised Baptist and they're not like that. They're not performers, big eye, little you, usually at all. But I was sent to be with the Holy Spirit kind. No faith, no the Holy Spirit, baptism, Holy Spirit, all that realm. So then you find that when you move around the country, there are different pockets. Some are hard-edged and some are not. So I didn't come from hard-edged where I used to live. They were more country. But when I got out here, I didn't realize what I had gotten into, what God had sent me into. And I would think time after time, this is why I'm not in affiliation or join with, you know, just see if I want to be sent there, be in their ministry, help them out. I would notice as a female... That I would be, I would go in and I'd be like typecast, and it was like, oh look, another female. 
Oh, yes, she's sent to be under us. It was not like, hi, sister, who are you? Let me get to ask your name and really inquire because of relationship. And I would think that time after time in the white churches. And out here, to be honest, I would visit certain famous black church preachers because I respect them. I was in a lot more black African-American heritage on the East Coast up and down. But out here, God seemed to really put me, isolate me. So that was mostly with humans of my own skin color, but they turned out all to be pretty much red state and pretty legalistic. So I thought, there for the grace of God go I, but I saw the Lord say, don't take it personally, take it prophetically. I'm going to show you some things. And he had, and when I would get rough treatment, demeaning disrespect, abuse, even theft, or people using their power to block me from reporting the theft or getting the item back, practicing upfront confrontation, which is my style, I would just note, and I thought, man, there for the grace of God go I, but still, what's in their doctrinal bathwaters? So when I would meet chauvinism, which accuses like racism, and this was not black people to me at all. No, 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 they were opposite. Black people and non-believers and people of dark skin usually get along with me fine and greet me with a great sincere smile. They're not afraid of my authority. Now, see, my authority is like... I didn't know I had any, but I've gotten, I have some. And I was raised so respected. I think I was just raised so respected. And had a, I had a strong, capable mom, but he wasn't scared of her either. And my father was a gentleman and a gracious gentleman. And I didn't realize that, a, I thought that's how Christians are. I thought that's how they were, but it turns out they're all not like that. So I had to grow up. So another part is when there is no fear of the Lord, that's another reason the Lord took me out with it. Where I was going, there was like no fear of the Lord. There was people pleasing their own kind of people, but there was no real respect. And I thought, man, if the people are like this and I get racially profiled by my own skin color, I'm going to racially profile back because, you know, this is like, God getting my attention because I noticed there are not a lot of black people in their crowds. None on their leadership, maybe one token. But I'm, I thought, what is, why do I feel respected certain places and not? Why am I greeted with a smile or why am I not? So all these boil down to doctrinal discovery, which I now do through Tevo Creative Leadership, Teammate University, TeammateU.com, and we're planning to have a seminary, Bible college, and whole workshops. But the idea is when you are the, the head person of a movement, of a church, and you know it's you, then you have to know God as Daniel did. Daniel 2.28, that God is the revealer of secrets. And he is the revealer. He has to download. Apostle Paul had to hang out with the Lord, and he got the revelation that he prayed for the churches. One of my favorite things, because there's so much teaching out there about everybody's got to be under so-and-so to be covered, and everybody's got to be under a famous preacher to get their well-known, like you're working it, you know. And every and I was in that for a while, but I'm not, thankfully, for eight years. God took me out. I just didn't know. You're You're uncovering things. You don't know what you're getting, but... Some of the things are great. Some are like, whoa, what is this? I don't quite get it. 
I don't quite know it. I don't quite want to be around it. So that's what drove the Novobarian to study what's in the roots of doctrine and who taught them. So the lot of the man-pleasing, human-pleasing, hail fellow well-met, shallow ministers performing uh, not really quality in the fact of relationships, fear of the Lord. I noticed that and I thought, well, are they the ones that started this? And I noticed who they said they were following. And I thought, well, I'm going to bypass the people who are doing this down at the grassroots and the mega ministry, micro ministries. I'll look at their organic root follower of the people they say they follow or that they always use their name to trade on or say, oh, that famous so-and-so, that famous oracle, you know, he used to write me letters, he used to invite me over and we had chats in his study, all that stuff. I thought, well, I'm going to look at the founder that these people are saying they are from, their offshoot, and go to the original. And that's when I found those people are nice. They're really nice. I would advise studying not the local group or me. Go to the head work that was the original founder and see how they treated people. Were they multicultural? Were they sweet to their wife? Were they biased and chauvinist and users and whatever, unfriendly and status conscious and whatever, play political parties or whatever? So that's why I'm saying this, because you have the freedom. You have the opportunity now to never go back, to always be your own person to the Lord. When I look at a Galatians, when I look at some of the stuff, because see, I've gotten character assassinated. I've gotten jumped in public when I was sitting there, when I just went to the front of one of the famous offices to say hello as a peer to introduce myself. And instead I got greeted with... Who are you under? You're, the Lord says you're in rebellion. And I'm standing there and they've never met me before. That's a whole story right there. So I was staying there in James 3.17 like I would any other place, a Baptist place. You know, I've met famous Baptists that are on TV, the pastor. They were the opposite. They spoke with me. They engaged their eyes. They didn't condescend. It was like, oh, you're a person, not just a woman. And this was a white, famous, quote, area pastor. And I, I honor that. I really am so grateful because that's like my dad. And I think, what is going on with this respecter of person's spirit? It's so religious. And it's a new tradition. And if you respect somebody, the Bible says, and even in two places, old and new, Paul, Peter says, mingle not, oh, we're not supposed to mingle faith with the respecter of persons. You're right, duh. Why? Because a respecter of person's spirit means that they play favorites. They only like one kind that performs like them or looks like them or is black like them or is white like them or the ladies are like their ladies that they like or not. And I went, you know, I'm not from that, so it really, it's really stands out to me. I was never raised around it, and ministry basically was not like that where I came from, so it really stands out. It's so ungracious. So I noticed that, and the Lord had always told me, if you see something once or twice, just forget about it. If you see it three or more times, I want you to teach on it, and that's what I'm doing. So respect your person's spirit really means, it translates into this, 
they respect only a few pet preferred types and styles in their area or in their group. And the rest are disrespected. They're viewed as second class or not approved of and therefore rejected. Well, they're not officially doing that, are they? No, but the spirit is what I want to caution ministers about. If you are in a clique in your church, and I've been around quite a few and I can't stand it. Sometimes they're in a choir. Sometimes they're in the head people with nepotism, you know, in a church. Well, those people will be like a little clannish section. Ho, 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 everybody's fine. But the rest will be looking. And because they, they're they mature and they're not stupid, they will perceive the in crowd and the out crowd due to the respecter of person's religious spirit. And they'll either say, well, those people are bigoted. Those people are proud and snobby. Or those people are just, you know, are clueless and don't know the lay of the land about being a real Christian. Because Ephesians, when you advertise a church, it says Ephesians 1, 6, you want to, you're coming being accepted in the beloved. That's part of the package. That's why I'm speaking on it. The same goes for racism and any other kind of bias national, international politics, age, you name it. So Paul said to the Galatians, when he writes the letter to the Galatians, I noticed this from what, after what I'd seen with all the bowing and scraping and ministry in the deep Southwest, you can't be approved. It was back where I used to live too, in the grassroots, tiny churches, a few of them, when the Holy Spirit kind of groups came in with that doctrine, certain ones, two or three, and then it grew. It was like people that would go to church would think, I got to know if famous, are they a member of the local church before they were approved? They would check everybody out legalistically, and I don't like that. So when I moved out here, it was even, it's bigger but the bowing and scraping movement was is huge, just huge. And you couldn't go to a micro or a mega in certain kinds of spirit-filled. That's the spirit-filled. And I was not basically with the African-Americans except for one, and they were not like that. They have the hierarchy, but it was like, I don't know, they were warmer, more genuine accepting. I really like that, too. But anyway, so you'd go, and the people at the greeters on up especially for mega, are selective. They just don't want you unless you're going to join or unless you're going to look like them, unless you're going to be that sort of people-pleasy, insincere, hyping, I don't know, whatever it is, born again, shiny, everybody's shiny faces, and whatever it is, it really is, I mean... There's some good people in that, believe me, there really are. But it's hard if the whole system, these are system produced. And I had never been around system after legalistic system after legalistic system. And these were all Western European American systems, chosen systems. And they were all spirit-filled and they were all under the law. And I don't... You know, turf protecting could be part of that in certain ones, but these were micro to mega to medium. And I tried all over the area, not just one or two places. This is not two or three places. This is like for years I tried.
as a believer and believing in fellowshipping with the saints. Hebrews 10, I was trying to be, but if I don't meet their quality criteria as a female, as a lone female, as a pastor female, as a prophet female, or as a not really in that, as, I think it's a lot of that. But I think it is, you're not famous female. You're not famous anybody. And that is big at the grassroots floor. That's why I've ducked out. I don't need to be in that sort of weirdness that you're not really genuinely loved, accepted, respected, preferred, honored, unless you're in the famous category. And I don't go there. And I don't believe that's Christianity, so I'm speaking out now to talk about it. I've thought of why, and I've started in 2007 giving the warning to the body of Christ to ministry. I said, this is not about a falling away as much as a running away and driving away from Phariseeism and religious hornets. In 2007, I put the Friendly Fire Fellowship, I believe, 2011, or vice versa. I said, this is no longer, God gave me the word, it's no longer a seller's market to the pastors. It is a buyer's market, and I would certainly wise up Get rid of the racism. Get rid of the doubt about new people. Stop all that cease, all that fearful weirdness of Jezebel spying on visitors. Quit asking who they're under and demanding they be under you when you don't even know them. So I had to write some things on Twitter. (laughs) My comment was, true Southern legalist. Yes, after we sign on your dotted line to be a part of your program, then you can say you're over us. But see, that's not happening. I would walk in like meat. I felt like meat. I feel like Christian. They spied a piece of meat walking in the door. Now they can say they're over me. It's like putting a net over me. And of course, I ran. I am. I can feel that controlling spirit. You know, my daddy was not possessive. But my mother was. I had a, she just had a very micromanaging spirit. And then I was controlled and abused before I came to Texas in my old life and still was in ministry. And then the Phariseeism came into town and started to accuse from afar but never love me enough to confront, not respect me enough to Matthew eighteen fifteen to see what they thought was true or not. And I was viewed as a out of control by the people who never spoke to me or did Galatians 6 1. That's why I'm finicky about being spoken to instead of accused by Pharisee from afar, that religious far off sin spying. So it's a big top thing. It can also be bullying to do people. And I'm talking on behalf of the small people that are quiet that are at the lay of the land in this, that you will now know that you do not have to tolerate being accused. You can leave the Friendly Fire Fellowship of 2 Timothy 1, 1-3, which I do. But if I had not had a great dad, parenting, and respect for all these good people who were my board members and people who spoke for me, you know, held accountable all through the years of my life, I could have been jaundiced and never wanted to get to know Jesus anymore. But it's not Jesus, it's his disciples. (laughs) So therefore I say, please, I'm submitting this as a selah. You have my permission, like Paul gave to all the other people, permission to pick apart my doctrine 
and see if it really lines up with the word. And I'm talking about being a maverick. I'm talking about really to being what is the doctrine you allow yourself to sit under? And I'm going to have to go soon. So let's get back to Paul. So Paul, who had Ephesians 1.17, he prayed for the churches. And this is how Paul got his download of the New Testament two-thirds books. He said, I pray for all of you all. And I've prayed this for me. I pray it for you. He says, I pray for all of you to ask for more of God's Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation in your knowledge of him. He grew because he was by himself and he had the presence and the relationship with the Lord and it rubbed off him and inspired him and get giving to him. Then he researched. He knew the Torah, but he did what he he practiced what he preached. So the idea of what I get is a lot of revelation, a river of revelation by God's grace, granted mercy to test people, even me. <laughs> But it, but it was because of my knowledge of the Lord. He's so sweet. I don't need all this stuff. I'll be honest. I have the fear of the Lord. I don't need ministry or people, God's people, to fellowship with if they have no fear of the Lord. I have no... no dis- Why? It's not even a false. It's false. So therefore, I took my exit, and now I do fellowship greatly, and I enjoy, I need to fellowship. I like fellowshipping. So I've finally isolated. God found me two or three places in 2019, but it took that long. And then last year, I had a weird year in Denton, but I ended up fellowshipping with the Methodists, First United Methodists over there, which was my most favorite, like three or four months. The best time I'd ever had in my whole life in Texas. I actually wanted to go, and then I moved over here, and now found some more, and I'll tell you, if you want to know some of these ones to try out, I love to go, but I need to go, but I also don't have my own, you know, I also go and visit churches, and I have my own work to plant. So Paul said to the Galatians, right off the bat, later he talks to them in Ephesians, uh, no, Galatians 3, he says, who, Galatians, who put you back under the witchcraft? Who, why are you operating in witchcraft? Which means they were back under the law. They'd gotten spooky when Christ had come to set them free. Why I say that? Because of what I see out here. And I've seen too much of in the, because I've traveled up and down in ministry. God has used me around the body in his, you know, charismatics a lot. So, Galatians 1, 1 and 2 the people who believe in whelp, Western European Levitical shepherding, that has been my Alexander the Coppersmith in too many of these because they are rabidly out after you, even if you don't do a thing, like sit there in James 3.17. That's where my worst attacks have come, just sitting there, being free, being a local minister, but not knowledgeable that they thought they're over me. <laughs> So that's why I teach strongly on that. But the whelp shepherding is really shepherding. Levitical patriarchism means that all women, I guess, are under that kind. And uh, Paul evidently must have had a struggle because he was not one of the 12 accepted first apostles under Jesus. He was an original organic maverick. And so his demeanor, his countenance, his spirit was different, and something struck them as odd or fearful. 
so that when he visited, he was either con they con were confused or accused him. Plus, there were Pharisees in the midst. So when Paul writes and he says, I'm Paul sent not out by any one man. I'm not sent by any one group or any one man, but by the Lord himself. And I'm an apostle. He says that at the beginning. And I think from my experiences, he probably had people complaining about him, that he was out of order in rebellion, planning rumors, Phariseeism, but also suspicious of him using their accuse Paul for being different and probably they were whelps, <laughs> not white, but Middle Eastern melps, Middle Eastern Levitical patriarchs, perhaps, who were Christians, saved, born again Christians, no fools. However, they were still back reverting to legalism. And Paul said, who has bewitched you? Who has tried to control you? Who has tried to fool you and deceive you to go backwards under the law? So that's why he makes it plain that he is not under the law. He is not under their bondage and that they are. And he's their overseer over them. Therefore, he has the authority to say so. So I say so. And I'm putting it out for the body of Christ ministry, men and women to see beyond the legalism beyond the fear, into the fear of the Lord, but not not into man-pleasing, human-pleasing. So that's the message right now, right now, and I've got to go. But uh, it's fun now. I used to hate it. I used to love the people. I respect all people. But I hate all that legalism, everybody checking you out to see if you're dotting all the I's, if you're under the right person, if you're part of the, you know what I mean, the in crowd or the out crowd. It really is so back under the law, but so Hollywood. As I get said, it's not the top founder, the creators of the ministry. No, it is the people who are they get the trained authority. They don't have original downloaded authority like I feel I do. I have downloaded authority. I didn't know all this. No Baptist teaches it. No husband taught it. I didn't see this model. It was by myself. I mean, by God's grace, you know, his mercy that he downloaded it and covered it when I was really just like feeling trapped in this horrible red state, people pleasing, charismatic showbiz. Everybody's looking to see if you're the white woman. And that you're in rebellion of Jezebel. It's just horrible. So when I looked at it, the Lord would keep saying, Tavo, forgive him. I do. And he said, Tavo, you're seeing what I see. And I want you, since you're seeing it so often, it's more than three times. Just think how the black person feels. There are not a lot of black people in that group, especially leaders. No other white women. No women are leaders. And I'm so showing you so how it feels. At one point... And I got to finish one point I thought 10 or 12 years ago before I quit all this, God led me out. I thought, you know, I go into the workplace and the IRS demands that every business in America has equal opportunity treatment of their people, whether they're black, whether they're red state, blue state, white, whether they're uh, LGBT or not, anybody, they have equal opportunity protection to have no bias on the job, government jobs, whatever. But I thought, here I go from the workplace. If I'm in a workplace, I'm okay, respected. They have to respect me. 
I'm sure there's bias. You know, we know there's bias in different pockets, bureaucracy. But then I go to church and they're whelps. And they're after me. It's like, not they're after me. They're like so avoidant, suppressing women, legalism, Phariseeism. All this stuff is like, oh my stars, it's prehistoric. No wonder there's a falling away and there isn't a falling away in America. It's a running away, a driving away from this kind of Phariseeism, religious spirit and hate. If you think the men, only the men or only the red states or only the women or all the, anybody is the way, the truth and the life, then you're wrong. It's everybody is. Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life. And he's not blue state. He's not red state. He's no state. He's non-political. So I made a t-shirt a logo and it says from our ministry at least we're not into all that we're out of that stuff all right it says i'm trying hard not to be religious and i'm not always right and that's me i'm trying so hard to have a relationship in the fear of the lord with jesus and all his, all the people all kinds of people and let god love them through me and let me respect them honor them but i don't have to be i don't want to be religious and i don't have to be right because that's what they think about christians most people especially red state christians the people that are blue state the people that are not believers that used to be christians really do not they resist and they resent the word born again because they think you know if i if i accept jesus do i have to become a red state person a republican it used to be the tea party now it's just a republican <laughs> no you be who god tells you to be that's not my business i'll pray for you we believe in voting but i will not tell you how to vote i'll tell you how to hear god and he can tell you what you and he need to talk about that's my business is to tell you how to hear god and help you hopefully get it clearer but then let you still proof it by being a noble Berean. All right, we love you. God is on his throne. He's not finished with you. The world is not over. We have great things to look forward to, many new opportunities. Call me if you want me to speak, to guest minister, to do whatever, and give counsel to the top people, the one who counsels others. I can't do lay. I don't have time or energy. But contact me at Tevo Creative Leadership or at dfwleader.com excuse me at dfwleader at gmail.com let's just make it simple dfwleader at gmail.com god bless you have a great day he loves you god bless bye-bye